Welcome to the Brain Over Binge podcast, where you learn a simple brain-based approach to ending binge eating. I'm Katherine Hansen, your host, and today is the question and answer show for June. I've received a lot of good questions this month, and before I get started, I just want to remind you that nothing that I say in this podcast or these Q&A segments should be taken as medical advice or nutritional advice. You're always advised to seek medical attention from your doctor for anything concerning that you're experiencing. What I'm teaching here in this show is meant to empower you to stop binge eating, but it's all based on my own opinions and it's not, again, to be taken as medical advice. Today's question actually has a couple of parts to it, and I think by addressing these two parts of the question, it's going to cover a lot of the questions that were submitted to me. I think that there was some general themes in a lot of the questions, so if this is not specifically your question, I hope you'll still find the discussion relevant and helpful. The question for today's show is from Courtney, who said, I've been so up and down with recovery, and now I'm back to full binging and over-exercising. I find that when the binge urge arises, it lasts for so long that I don't know what else to do but to give in. I hate that I keep doing this, and I hate that I can't stop. I'm really at a loss at how to finally recover. Now, as I mentioned, I'm going to break this down into a couple of parts, because I think both parts are very important. First, I want to talk about what she said about how the binge urges last for so long that she doesn't know what else to do but to give in. First of all, Courtney, I just want you to know that you're definitely not alone in this. I've seen this in other questions that were submitted and also just working with people who have the binge eating habit. And it's not just people with the binge eating habit that experience urges to do something and persistent urges that won't go away and that make you feel like you just have to do that thing to make the urges go away. I mean, this is a very common theme throughout all habits. I mean, think of smokers or people who have trouble with alcohol. I mean, they'll do well for so long or maybe use willpower for several days and then they feel like it's just so persistent, that desire to do it, what their brain has been conditioned to do, that they just do the thing to make the urges go away. And that's a big part of the brain over binge approach. A big concept that I teach is that the urges are the one and only cause of binge eating. And you could say that about a lot of habits, and I'm not an expert at all other habits. I'm focusing just on binge eating here. But if you did not have the binge urges, Courtney, I'm sure that you would not binge. It's the urges that are compelling you to do this behavior that's causing you so much pain in your life. And I definitely know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to feel like you just want to get some relief from that desire, from these urges that just seem to be distracting you from what you're trying to do and just really won't leave you alone. And in the moment that you decide to binge, you're just trying to get some peace. You're just trying to make that go away. The problem is, though, it does not give you peace. And as you're seeing, it's leading to consequences in your life. You said you hate that you keep doing it. You hate that you can't stop. So even though it feels like in that moment that you want to get relief and that binging is going to be the solution to give you relief, it doesn't actually work. You know, you might feel that temporary relief in the moment, but then it leads to all these consequences and you wish you had not done it. And I think that's kind of the first thing to see for anyone who's experiencing this type of issue is that you're seeking relief from the urge, but when you get that relief, you have to be honest about the consequences you're facing, that it's actually not worth it to you to get that relief because it's causing pain in your life, it's causing suffering, it's ruining your health, it's ruining any opportunity you have for a normal life. So that relief that you get is kind of a false relief. It's just relief from the urge and it doesn't actually solve anything in your life. It makes everything in your life worse. 
And related to this, I think it's also important to realize that the discomfort that you feel during the urge and those feelings of desire and of you wanting this to go away and feeling like you just need to binge to get relief, that discomfort is a lot less than the discomfort you feel after you've binged. So if you're kind of looking at the two discomforts, the discomfort of the urge is actually a lot less. It's not as painful. It doesn't lead to as many consequences. You can have that discomfort of the urge and still lead a normal life. I mean, I know it's annoying. I know you wish it would go away. Like I know that and I get that and I understand that. And I hope I can help you with that throughout the rest of this episode, but also just kind of seeing that the discomfort that you get after you binge is so much worse and it's so much more disruptive in your life. But I'm not just telling you to kind of suck it up and deal with it and deal with the discomfort and grit your teeth and bear it. I'm not saying that at all because we can only do that for so long. I mean, we're human and we don't want to feel that discomfort. So the idea of my whole approach is to make the urges less uncomfortable. And that's where dismissing the urges comes in. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that I use the term dismiss binge urges. You're not resisting them. You're not fighting them but you're dismissing them, which means you're allowing them to pass with detachment. You're basically observing them. You're seeing them as not a part of you. You're seeing them as separate from your true self because they're coming from that lower primal brain center and they're automatic and they're just faulty brain messages that you know you can learn to step back from and observe and allow to pass without getting all caught up in them. So that would be my first piece of advice for dealing with this issue is seeing if you can move from a fighting the urge type of approach to more stepping back and separation from the urge. And sometimes that can take practice. There might be small moments where you feel separate and you really need to focus on that and see how that feels and just really praise yourself for doing that. And other times you may still find yourself caught up in the urge and kind of believing it and feeling like it's you and feeling like this is what you need. But if you can even see those small moments when you feel like you're different from the urge, when you feel like you're apart from it, that's what you need to grasp and that's what you need to grow and improve and try to experience the urges in that way more and more. And it's not something you can force yourself into doing. It's by diving into these concepts and learning what you can and just getting a better understanding of all of this and how your brain works. It's something that can naturally happen. So she actually mentioned in her question, too, that she's gone back to the first episode of the podcast to try to just remind herself of these concepts. And I do think that's a good idea. Try to listen with an open mind and try not to really force anything, but just allow that insight to occur. Another piece of advice I want to give you, and this relates to not fighting the urges, is also just not being upset when the urges arise. When you get upset and when you're frustrated, like, oh no, this is happening again, I can't believe it's happening, that serves to give the urge a lot of attention, a lot of significance, and it seems to make it a lot stronger. So if you can just try to not be surprised by the urge, if you can just say, okay, this is what my brain is conditioned to do right now. I'm not upset that it's here. It just is what it is. I'm going to allow it to be here. A lot of times that just makes the whole experience a little bit softer and it just doesn't feel so intense if you don't get upset every time the urge shows up. You can even approach the urge with a sort of curiosity. And I know that sounds like kind of an interesting or confusing word maybe when it comes to approaching the urge. But if right now you're getting really upset and frustrated and you really want to make it go away, if you instead step back and say, well, what would happen if I didn't act on it right now? I wonder how long it actually would stay if I didn't act on it. And I think what you'll find is if you are curious about it and actually 
say, okay, what would happen if I let this urge go on and if I didn't act on it to try to make it go away? What if I just let it stay? You'll find that it isn't as bad as your lower brain is telling you it's going to be. And I'll try to explain that. The lower brain, basically, when it's urging you to do a behavior it thinks you need, it either gives you a promise of pleasure if you do that behavior, like telling you all the good things about a binge, making you really crave the pleasure of it, or it can give you a promise of pain if you don't do it, giving you those thoughts that say how awful it's going to be to not act on it, how you can't possibly live with this urge, how you can't possibly keep dismissing it for you know however long you need to dismiss it. It's promising you how bad things are going to be if you don't act on it. So the more you can see that that is just neurological junk as well, the better off you'll be. You'll be able to see that those are thoughts too, and you don't have to actually believe them. You can have the thought that says, this is going to be so bad if I don't act, this is going to go on forever, and you cannot act on that thought. And if you do that, you'll see that allowing those thoughts to be there really isn't, like I said, as bad as the lower brain says it's going to be. It's just experiencing desire and automatic wanting for this habit that your brain thinks you need. And you can experience that wanting without doing it because you know that doing it is leading to pain in your life. If instead you can stay with the urge, even if it is uncomfortable at times, you'll realize there's really no real pain in that. I mean, yes, there may be discomfort, but it's not going to ruin your life if you allow these thoughts to be there. Like nothing bad happens when you don't binge. And I think when you realize that, it's going to be very, very empowering and make you really want to not act on these urges and make you want to let these urges stay. And you're going to feel so great when they pass and nothing bad has happened and it's been okay and you've made it through and you don't have those consequences of the binge to deal with. Now I'm going to move on to the next part of Courtney's question. And I want to talk about when she said, I'm really at a loss of how do I finally recover? And Courtney, it seems like there's just a lot of confusion there and you feel like, okay, maybe I've tried this and maybe you've tried a lot of approaches and it just all feels like a mystery. And I definitely know what it's like to be in that situation and you feel like you need to find the thing that's going to finally help you. But I think that when recovery does feel like a mystery, we can risk jumping from approach to approach and never really solidifying what we're trying to do. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I think my best advice would be to try to keep things as simple as you can. There's really no magic in recovery. There's not this one thing that you're going to find that just makes it all disappear. Because when it comes down to it, the things that you actually need to do are to not act on those urges to binge and also to eat enough. In the terminology that I use, you need to dismiss the urges to binge and you need to eat adequately. But really, in any approach to overcoming binge eating, it does come down ultimately to those two factors. I mean, I know that there's a lot of different treatments and ways to approach this, and there's a lot of emotional components to how some people treat eating disorders and a lot of nutritional components. But if you're acting on the binge urges, you're not going to recover. If you're not eating enough, if you're depriving yourself, if you're getting yourself in that starvation state, you're not going to recover. So no matter what else you're doing to try to help yourself, you still have to not act on the urges and you have to eat enough. So when people start to feel overwhelmed in recovery, I tell them to come back to those two things and realize that that's ultimately what you're working toward. So look at those two goals and think, what could help me move toward those two goals? What could help me dismiss the binge urges? What could help me eat adequately? And the answer that you come up with may be different from the answer someone else comes up with. 
You can seek any sort of help that you think you may need. You can get any sort of medical help you think you may need or nutritional advice that you think you may need to accomplish those two recovery goals. But what I'm trying to say is just that when things become overwhelming, just bring yourself back to what you actually need to do to recover and then work towards solutions. Even if you can do one positive thing to bring yourself toward one or both of those goals, then you're moving in the right direction and you can keep moving in the right direction until this habit is out of your life. And because I've mentioned eating enough or eating adequately, I do want to mention, Courtney, that that's something you can definitely look at if you feel like these urges are so persistent and they're not going away. No matter what you do, there could be that element of the survival instincts in there. If you are restricting your food intake, if you're not giving yourself enough food, yes, those urges are going to feel stronger. They're going to be harder to resist and no, they won't go away. So if you try to apply the advice that I'm giving you here, know that if you're not eating enough, it's not going to work. That's a big piece of this for a lot of people, and I don't know if it's the case for you, but I just want to mention that as sort of a closing point for you or anyone else listening who just feels like the urges are overwhelming, that if you're not eating enough, then of course they're going to be overwhelming. So make sure you're feeding your body well, and like I said, you can get help and support in this area if you need it. Courtney, I really hope that this discussion has been helpful to you. I hope you've had some good takeaways from it. I hope you can start experiencing these urges with more detachment and feeling less uncomfortable and just allowing them to pass and then really being excited about not having to experience that discomfort that comes after the binge. I have one announcement before I end the show today, and I hope that this will help you if you're experiencing issues like I talked about in this show or just kind of struggling to apply these concepts in your life. I'm going to soon be offering what's called coaching audios. These are basically daily coaching sessions. There are 14 of them that you can listen to over and over that keep you focused and keep you motivated and remind you of important concepts. And these are actually one piece of the Brain Over Binge independent study course, but I'm going to be releasing them separately for podcast listeners and really anyone who may not want the full course but may want these little daily coaching audios to keep themselves on track and keep themselves going in the right direction. They're short audios, just about five minutes long. You can listen to them in the car. You can listen to them on a walk. The audios are focused on the two recovery goals of dismissing urges and also eating adequately. I don't have an exact release date yet, but there's a link in the show notes today that you can click on and you can sign up to be notified when they're available. And if you sign up to be notified, I'll also send you a special discount when they are available right to your inbox. So if you think that these daily reminders and these daily coaching sessions would be helpful to you, then just go ahead and click that link and I'd love to tell you more about them and send you that special discount. I'll also have more information about the coaching audios in a future show. That's all for today's episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you got a lot out of the discussion. And as always, I want to encourage you and remind you that you have the power to change your brain and live a binge-free life. The Brain Over Binge podcast is produced and recorded by Brain Over Binge Recovery Coaching, LLC. All work is copyrighted by Brain Over Binge Recovery Coaching, LLC, and all rights are reserved. As a disclaimer, the hosts of the Brain Over Binge podcast are not professional counselors or licensed healthcare providers, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy. Eating disorders can have serious health consequences, and you are strongly advised to seek medical attention for matters relating to your health. Please get help when you need it, and good luck on your journey.